There are over 450,000 churches in America. Yet America continues its downward spiral towards immorality and corruption. The problem is, people have substituted a personal relationship with God for church and religion. The paradox is this. A personal relationship with God must first begin in the absence of church and religion. How to begin a relationship with God without church and religion? The question I want to ask today is Christianity, is our Christianity working today? Now, the reason I ask that question is because of a scripture that's found in 2 Timothy 3 and verse, uh, verses 1 through 5. It says this, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, trady, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Notice this, they have a form of godliness. And, I, you know, I would say that form of godliness is, in, is found in things like tree huggers, let's save the planet, you know, let's, let's, um, let's be all up in the air about global warming, you know, let's save the spotted owl, let's, you know, in other words, there is a form of compassion uh, they, the scripture says they have a form of godliness. Let's take care of all the bums on Skid Row. Uh, let's make sure everybody is housed, people that don't want to work, you know, people that are lazy, people that are just, just depend, you know, just, just living off the government. Let's make sure everybody has a four-car garage and a Mercedes Benz or whatever. It is a form of compassion, but there's no common sense to it. In other words, you know, your Bible says, if a man will not work, neither should he eat. There are consequences. What, what few people overlook, what a lot of people, excuse me, what a lot of people overlook is this. Pain is a great motivator to get you off your butt and to act and to do something about your situation. You know, if you are hungry enough, if you are down on your luck enough, if you, have an, if you are experiencing enough pain, you will do something about your situation. Now, what Christians often do is we come along and try to alleviate everybody from their pain, thinking we're doing something, you know, godly or whatever. But no, pain is a great motivator. But my question is this, how could the end time culminate into such evil, rotten people, such a wicked society? I mean, when morality fails, you don't want to be a part of the culture because it's immoral and dangerous. I mean, we nearly almost sold out our birthright, the birthright nation of America, which is freedom. We almost sold that out for socialism. And in fact, I'm, in, I'm convinced that we will do it, that we will vote for someone, maybe the next election, I don't know, who believes in socialism, and we will sell out. America's greatest gift, and that is freedom, our freedom for socialism. And when that time comes, you really don't want to be a part of society because it will become increasingly 
more wicked and evil and evil. So how could a Christian nation come to this? Now, can we Christians blame all the unbelievers, all the atheists? I mean, maybe it's all the all the unbelievers out there that are causing all this problem. Can we really point the finger and exclude ourselves? Now, I heard a statistic that said 84% of Americans claim to, to believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ and 74% confess commitment to Jesus. Now, in other words, if you were just to walk up to the average person and say, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you believe in God? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in other words, it, it's, it's probably an extreme superficial, you know, commitment or belief on the surface, you know, well, I raised my hand. Well, yeah, my parents taught me a little bit about God, and therefore I think I believe in God. Things like that. But still, these numbers, 84% claim to believe in the divinity of Jesus, and uh, 74 confess commitment to him. And yet, 72% of Americans say the moral value of America is worse than ever before. Now, think, think about that. Here, here are these people, you know, we're, we're claiming to be Christians, and yet the moral value of America is worse than ever before. Now, what's wrong? I mean, uh, think about it. We, we put on our dollar bills in God we trust, you know. We pledge allegiance to the, to the flag. I don't know how much longer we're going to be doing that, but, you know, one nation under God. In America, there are over 450,000 churches that dot the landscape of America, with over 650,000 preachers to serve those churches. How could America be on the slippery slope of moral corruption and decay? Now, I'm not saying Christianity will not work. Don't get ahead of me. I'm saying the kind of Christianity we've been practicing as a nation will not work. And it's time to identify the problem. It, it, and, and the problem is, guess what the problem is? It's, it's the man or the woman in the mirror. With all of your religion, with all of your church going, with all of your, you know, your, oh, I, I love Jesus and all that, this is the problem. It is. Our religion is the problem. Now, I know that sort of slaps in the face. I know that goes counter to what you're wanting to hear, but I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. That's not what this program is about, telling you what you want to hear. You know, I could tell you, oh, you're, you're, you're so close to God, you're, you're just a God lover, and your nation continues to go down the drain while you're believing a lie. Unless we identify the problems, America will self-destruct. We know that something is wrong. Who do we blame for this mess of moral bankruptcy? Now, I like statistics because statistics reveal reality and all its ugliness. Listen closely to these. 72% of Americans say the moral value of America is worse than ever before. 68% of Americans say divorce is, is notice this. Now we're, now we're talking about, okay, how could we have these statistics on one side that say that we're deeply religious and we fear God and we love God and, and we believe in God, and yet we also have these statistics that say, well, listen to this. 68% of Americans say divorce is morally acceptable. Now, is it morally acceptable in the eyes of God? Well, if you know anything about your Bible, you would have to answer that question. Is Well, no, it's not morally acceptable, except for fornication. That's the one clause, you know, that's the one ex exception that Jesus, Jesus gave for divorce. 
you know, your mate is screwing around or whatever, and then that, that is one exception there. But uh, 60% say that having a baby outside of mar- marriage is morally acceptable. Notice that 60% of Americans say having a baby outside of wedlock is morally acceptable. Now, is it morally acceptable in the eyes of God? No, it's not. 59% say gay and lesbian sexual relationships are morally acceptable. Well, is gay and lesbian relationship morally acceptable in the eyes of God? You'd have to be a fool to believe that. You know, if you know anything about your Bible, Okay, 63% say sex between unmarried men and women is morally acceptable. Well, is it morally acceptable in the eyes of God? Genital bonding, you know, people in love with each other's genitals. It has nothing to do with love. Is it morally acceptable? No, it's not. You know, these statistics reveal that we need to look no further than the man or the woman in the mirror. And we're not just talking about the convictions of non-believers. We're talking about the beliefs and the moral degeneration of many Christians. In other words, we have met the enemy, and he is us. As a nation that calls itself Christian, we seem to be under an illusion that we can still be deeply religious, meaning involved in all kinds of religious activities, and yet that religion has no bearing or effect on our morality. In other words, I can be involved in all kinds of just, just, just backstrokes through serving the Lord and, and choir practice and, 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 and leading a class and leading a youth class and, and just all kinds of stuff. I can be in religious stuff I can be involved in. And yet my marriage is on the rocks. Uh, you know, I'm drinking, I'm, 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 I'm halfway being an alcoholic, you know, halfway there to being an alcoholic or whatever. Uh, I, I'm doing all the, you know, I'm, I'm, addicted to pornography or whatever. Now, somehow we have, we have disconnected ourselves spiritually in thinking that our religion, just, just as long as I'm involved in some kind of religious activity, I'm okay. And then it has no bearing on our morality. You know, true spirituality is all about the moral character of a man or a woman. That's what it's all about. And so we busy ourselves to death. It's what I call the merry-go-round of churchianity. It's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night Bible study. There's men's clubs. There's women's clubs. There's singing in the choir. There's choir practice, and there's religious conferences to go to. There's children ministries, teen ministries, adult ministries, Christmas and Easter plays. And then you have the big churches with the ping-pong tables and bowling alleys, endless activities, support a mission, save the heathen, support a charity. And all of this is necessary to be religious. Yeah, it's all necessary to be religious. You know, the church can be like holding down a second job. We come away mentally and physically exhausted, all the while thinking, I'm getting closer to God. You know, religious addiction can be powerfully deceptive. It's what I refer to as compensation. When one area is lacking, such as the lack of morality, we overachieve in other areas to make up for the void. And as long as I'm involved in all kinds of religious activities, I can feel good about myself, even though my marriage is on the rocks. I'm addicted to internet pornography. I drink too much. I overeat. I'm 100 pounds overweight. But I feel good about my religion, you see. You know, when the church becomes the focus, the meaning of Christianity is lost. In America, over the past 200 years, there has been a subtle substitution. We have substituted a personal relationship with God for church and religion. 
And the substitution is so cleverly disguised and deceptive that few people even realize that it exists. But I'm telling you, it exists. We have substituted a personal relationship with God for church and religion. In other words, our relationship with God has been defined by going to church and religious activities. Now, I believe there is an internal compass in mankind that leads him in the direction towards God. However, if God has an enemy, the enemy's objective would be to create an extremely superficial way for mankind to gain a perceived connectivity with God. And that perceived superficial way would come through church and religion. I mean, if I were God's enemy, I would have the masses believing that religious activity in a 45-minute worship service is enough. If I were God's enemy, I would have them feeling perfect about their religion, feeling very spiritually, feeling close to God as their nation and character of a people become corrupted. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about your emotions. I'm talking about how you feel, which really, you know, one thing God will never ask you is how did you feel? He's going to ask you, what did you do? Not how you feel. But, you know, emotions can deceive us into thinking, oh, wow, I just feel so good about myself because I I, I went to church today and uh, I got to go back to my rotten husband or wife or whatever, but I I feel good about myself and uh, my children are rebelling and they're uh, they're on dope and drugs and and one claims to be a my daughter claims to be a man, and my son claims to be a woman. And but 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 I feel good about my religion. I I I I love Jesus. I love Jesus. If I were God's enemy, I would appease their ego and have them basking in self righteousness as they try to figure out why the world around them is going to hell, when there are so many religious people in America, such as the statistics that I mentioned earlier, eighty four percent claim to believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ, and 74% confess commitment to Jesus Christ. The question I'm asking is this. Do we see a nation that is getting closer to God, or do we see a society that is getting further away from God? Another way to ask the question is this. If we went back in time 50 years ago, would we be a nation closer or a more God-fearing nation? Or would we see a nation that is drifting away? Now, you know the answer to this question. I'm not saying 50 years ago America was perfect. We've never been perfect because we are imperfect human beings. The reason you haven't found the perfect church is because you're not perfect. When you walk through the door, you you make it an imperfect church. But, you know, I'm not... I'm just saying that if you went back in time, you would more more than likely see a nation closer to God, a more God-fearing nation, a more commandment-keeping society than we have today. So the question is, is Christianity working today? In the introduction, there was a statement about Billy Graham. He admitted that he felt like he'd been a failure. The reason was quite simple. After 40 years of preaching and being heard by millions of people, he did not see a nation that was any closer to God. And the question is, what is the problem? Is the problem that Christianity doesn't work? I mean, maybe it worked at one time, but it doesn't work now. And if so, why is it not working today? Is the problem that the spirit of our age is more powerful than Christianity? 
In other words, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all these things can overcome, just, they just overcome and overtake us, and the battle is lost before it even begins. Is the problem that we don't have anything inside of us to counter the spirit of the age. We don't have the spirit of God, in other words. We have all kinds of people running around saying that they're religious, and they are Christian. They know the Lord, but inside they don't have the spirit of God that would make a difference in the way they live their life. Is the problem that too many people are playing church? They want salvation more than they want a relationship with God. And so I go back to the statement that Billy Graham made after 40 years of preaching and being heard by millions of people. He did not see a nation that was any closer to God. He felt like he had been a failure. What is wrong? What is the problem? Why is today's Christianity not working? Now, I'm not implying that it won't work. I'm just saying the kind of Christianity that we've been exercising will not work. What is the problem? Now, I have an answer, and the answer may surprise you. As I mentioned, there are over 450,000 churches that dot the landscape of America. Think about that for a minute. Over 450,000 churches in America. I figured out one time, according to America's population, that works out to be a church for every 7,000 people. Now, I know not everybody goes to church, but I'm just saying that's a big influence, a church for every 7,000 people. Some churches have more. Some churches have 10,000 people every Sunday morning. So I'm just saying that that's a big influence to have that many churches that dot the landscape. And yet, 72% of Americans say the moral value of our nation is worse today than ever before. Something is wrong. Something is dreadfully wrong. And I'll tell you what it is. As Americans, we have substituted a personal relationship with God for church and religion. Let me repeat that. As Americans, we have substituted a relationship with God for church and religion. And it goes something like this. I, I choose a church of my choice, probably something convenient, something I can walk to or drive to a couple, a couple of miles. I get some religion and therefore I have a relationship with God. That's the illusion. That's the substitution. I choose a church, I get some religion, and therefore I have a relationship with God. I have a relationship with God because my minister says so. After all, I'm singing in the church, and he tells me that I have a relationship with God. He tells me I believe. He tells me I have faith. So the fundamental concept is go to church, get some religion, and therefore you have a relationship with God. Not so. Not so at all. First, you develop a relationship in the absence of church and religion. It's you and your Bible. It's, God, it's you and God, quiet time in prayer to God. It's your prayer life. It's the commanded disconnect. And that's how you begin a relationship with God. Then later, you go out and choose a support group. However, you don't start with the support group first. You know, there's more to a relationship with God. And I think many people have said this. There's got to be more to a relationship with God than what I'm getting at church. Again, people get on the merry-go-round of churchianity. And what they end up doing is busying themselves to death. And it feels good. It's a way that we compensate. 
by singing in the choir, by going to more conferences, by going to this study or that study, or by teaching a class. Often we get suckered into doing something that we, you know, our heart is not really into it. But we do it because we think we have got to do this to be closer to God. And we stay on that merry-go-round of churchianity and busy ourselves to death. And for a lot of us, it is like a second job that you hold down. It's never ending. And you wonder why you're so worn out, even when the weekend comes. You know, one question God will never ask you is, when you meet him, is where did you go to church? Why? Because it's not important. At that moment, when you stand before God, it's going to be about your personal, intimate relationship with God. That's what it's going to be about. Not where did you go to church? So how do we begin a relationship with God without church and religion? How do we find God again? You know, the first place we are to look and examine is the man or the woman in the mirror. No matter how religious or spiritual you think you are, no matter how long you've been attending church, we are part of the problem. Repentance is needed now more than ever from religious people And the churches that dot our land and the preachers who lead the churches, repentance is required more from us than any non-believer you want to look at. They're not the problem. It is the impact, or maybe I should say the lack of impact we have made on our nation. We are the problem. And I'm convinced until we admit this. And still, until we quit pointing the finger at maybe the gay community and saying, well, they're the problem, and, and those drunks over there, they're the problems, and, and you know, whatever we, we may be doing, you know, my, my sinful unbeliever uh, that lives beside me, he's the problem. Until we can grow up and become mature enough to look at our religion and say, no, 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 we are the problem. Until we can do that, nothing's going to change. As Christians, we only have two choices. We either admit that today's Christianity is a force and really doesn't work to convert a nation, or we humbly acknowledge that the kind of Christianity that we've been preaching and practicing today doesn't really work when it comes to genuinely converting the soul of a nation. Just look at your nation. Just look at America. Then look at all the churches that dot the landscape of America. Look at all the people who claim to, to love Jesus and have a, have a, know the Lord and have a relationship with God. Look at all the people that claim that. If we can humbly admit that we are the problem, we religious people are the problem, we can move on to the next program and ask the most important question before one can have a relationship with God. And that is, why do you want a relationship with God. I'm David Freeman, and I'll see you on the next podcast. There are over 450,000 churches in America, yet America continues its downward spiral towards immorality and corruption. The problem is people have substituted a personal relationship with God for church and religion. The paradox is this. A personal relationship with God must first begin in the absence of church and religion. How to begin a relationship with God without church and religion. To order the complete six-CD series on how to begin a relationship with God without church and religion, send your most generous donation of $20 or more to 
U Plus God, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151.